Hi, I'm Dinah Manoff, and you are listening to Life Minute TV. So hi, Dinah. Hi, Joanne. Thanks so much for joining us at Life Minute. We're so thrilled that you're with us and in person and not Zoom. It's yes. thrilling. Yes, it's so nice to see a person in their body. So how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm here visiting the city, staying with my mom on the Upper West Side. How is she doing? She's kind of amazing. She just turned 96, and she is still taking the bus to Pilates once a week. So uh, I think uh, she's kind of a miracle. Yeah, that's wonderful. Wonderful. So tell us about your new book. Well, it is called The Real True Hollywood Story of Jackie Gold, and it is not my story, but it is certainly based on many experiences that I had in Hollywood and growing up in Malibu. Uh, Jackie is, unlike me, a superstar, and she tells her story from her hospital bed where she is lying in a coma after escaping the paparazzi. She jumps off a balcony. What inspired you to write this book? Well, there were a couple of things. Um, The first thing that inspired me, the seed was planted long ago when Princess Diana was killed in the car accident because the paparazzi were chasing her. And around that same time, I was on a series called Empty Nest, and this is, thank God, before cell phones and before TMZ and all of that, but what we had were the Inquirer and the Star. And Mm -hmm. so they used to print, you know, silly stories about me, like, you know, I dyed my hair to match the color of the dog on the show, really (laughs) harmless stuff. But then one day, right after my first child was born, um, this guy showed up at my door from the Inquirer. And he was there to ask some really personal questions. And I got scared. And I, the mama bear in me, because I had a newborn in the other room, um, screamed and chased him off my property. And then I promptly called a lawyer and said, you know, I don't know what's going on, but, you know, stop it. So in my novel, the paparazzi really are the antagonist. It's a funny story but it's got serious undertones to it, you know, and the theme of what price fame and how responsible are we as celebrities for courting that fame and then ultimately being, you know, pursued because of it. You saw the Britney Spears documentary, I'm sure. I mean, this has only gotten worse. And so that's really what inspired the book. I'm just really grateful there weren't cell phones when I was a young actress acting out in certain ways (laughs) that I'm so glad are not recorded forever. Did you always know you could write? I always wrote. I didn't know I could write. I, I was uh, driven to write, but I was scared to write because um, I, I was scared to fail at it, actually. And, um, but I, I, this story would not let go of me. And so I just you know, kept on uh, through many rejections from you know, publishers and agents until finally I found a publisher who was willing to take a chance on me. And, um, Myra Fiaco, my fabulous publisher. Yeah. And now I have my book. <laughs> How'd you come up with that name, Jackie Gold? Well, she's born Jackie Goldstein, and that's um, her old name with her old nose and her, and her uh, a couple of other things she enhanced. And so um, part of the story is about what it takes to pass in Hollywood as an ingenue. And certainly I had some experience with that when I was a young actress being told I was too ethnic for this or too short. One story I'll tell you, I was up for a a part, this is in my 20s, and um, the part was uh, to either play the wife of the guy 
or the prostitute. And they told me I wasn't pretty enough to be the prostitute, and I wasn't old enough to be the <laughs> wife. So, <laughs> you know, oh, those things, goodness. they stick with you, and <laughs> they, they, uh, they needed to be expressed in this book. <laughs> yeah. Um, and how long of a process was it to write? Are you chipping away at it, it for was a while? A, it was truly many, many years, because I started it in a workshop, you know, just messing around, and then, you know, it evolved and evolved, and then I had children, and I found them very inconvenient for my writing time, and had to make a choice. I had three boys, so it was like, you know, am I going to lock myself in a room and be angry at them all the time for interrupting me, or am I going to be the mom that I want to be? And I put it away for a good seven years, and then came back to it when they were old enough to, to not want me to bother them anymore. <laughs> What was your life like growing up? You know, your mom's a legendary Lee Grant. Your father is also in the business. I grew up in a production company. I mean, there was an editing room in the garage. You know, my mother was always working. And um, my stepfather is a producer. My father was a writer. And, um, you know, I was pretty much a juvenile delinquent up until I found acting. And acting was not a passion for me in the beginning. It was truly the only thing I was qualified to do. And um, I had, as a child, I had been cueing my mother on scripts from the time I could read. Cueing, for those who don't know, means, you know, reading the other lines so she could practice her lines. And so it felt to me very natural uh, to become an actor. And, um, and I think, you know, along the way, I picked up some craft. But I came in, really, I came off the beach in Malibu, <laughs> you know, with, with an agent that, you know, my mother got for me, and I got lucky. I really was a lucky little actress. So your mom and dad, they were okay with it? I think that it was so much our world that I don't think there was any question of me, like, becoming a veterinarian. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was just assumed that I would go into some part of the business, you know, and... Um, you know, now that I've pretty much left Hollywood and uh, I lead this kind of very normal life on, on my little island near Seattle, I'm really fascinated by people who are not in the business and by the life that was out there the whole time that I thought, you know, life really only existed in, in California or New York. Yeah, so now I ride horses and I grow vegetables and, and, uh, and I wrote a book. What did your mom teach you about acting? I honestly only remember as like a piece of advice, I remember her saying, don't shit where you eat. In other words, don't sleep with the people you're working <laughs> with, which I definitely did not listen to. I remember my mother being, I would say, not encouraging of me acting, but fearful for me because she knew and had experienced the kind of rejection that one gets as an actor actor, and, and in particular as an actress, I think that, you know, and I, I go into this a lot in the novel, you know, the insecurities and the fears that come with putting yourself out there and um, listening to people comment about you, and then, the, you know, a bad review comes out, and it's the only thing you remember. And so I remember her being fearful for me, you know, fearful that I wouldn't be received well, and then, you know, thrilled when I was. Uh, how did you get your first role? What was your first role? My first role, this is going to really date me, boy. My first role was on Welcome Back, Potter, 
We've been watching that every night, actually. Have you <laughs> really? Scott hears me. Oh, how funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so I'm, I'm there. Um, I'm there on Welcome Back, Cotter, my first guest role. I ask um, John Travolta's character to the dance, Barbarino. I ask him to the dance, but I end up going with Horshack. <laughs> that was my first role. What's your most favorite role? Well, I guess because it was, it came at a time when I, I was really comfortable as an actor. And it was really the last series I did was a, a series called State of Grace that was on the ABC Family Channel, which is no longer uh, running, but um, playing a Jewish mother, which is what I've become. <laughs> I've become a Jewish mother. <laughs> you know, I loved you on Soap. Thank you. That. that was a real, um, boy, that was really exciting when I got that part because I had been watching soap, you know, l like the whole country had, and, and I was so, you know, knocked out by how, at that time, edgy it was and controversial. I mean, the first gay out character on television. And so when I got the role of Elaine Lefkowitz, you know, to play Danny's wife, it felt like I was walking into the pages of like a fairy tale I had been reading. I was like, oh my God, there's Bert, there's, you know, there's Danny, there's, there's the puppet. You know, it was crazy. And then Greece, of course, got to ask you about that. Uh, how did you get that role? I auditioned originally um, for the part of Frenchie. Um, and Joel Thurm, who was the casting agent, uh, liked my audition, but said he wanted to hear me read for Marty. <laughs> and so I came back in with a swivel of my hips and, and red lipstick on and, you know, and my Marilyn Monroe impression because I felt like Marty would do Marilyn Monroe. And I got her after a dance audition, which I am not a good dancer. So the dance audition, it was a big group audition, and I could not keep up with the steps at all. So I just shimmied. And I think they thought that was funny. <laughs> they cast me. What was it like working with John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John? Well, when I worked with John, especially, you know, in those days, even in Welcome Back, Potter, I mean, at that time, John was the hottest star in America. I mean, he was the it guy. And he was so sexy. <laughs> There's just no other way to say it. He was so hot. That being around him, I mean, the energy coming off of him, it was really too much to bear. And I was tongue-tied around him and intimidated all the time. I mean, he was just unbelievable and so sweet and so kind and so humble. And as was Olivia, you know, and they made it very easy, you know, to be there and... um Neither of them ever flaunted their celebrity at all. I mean, they were just, you know, they worked really hard. So, yeah, it was, it was wonderful. And what about Billy Crystal? What was it like working with him? Billy Crystal, the best thing you could say about Billy Crystal is that he's just a mensch. And if you know what a mensch is, he's just a good guy. Yeah, he's, he's just a darling. And do you still keep in touch with any of them? I, I keep in touch the the Pink Ladies and the T-Birds all keep in touch with each other. We're, we're constantly emailing and texting each other. And in fact, we're going to Liverpool in May to do one of those, you know, autograph conventions. Uh -huh. And um, Barry Pearl and Michael Tucci and Kelly Ward and, and Dee Dee Khan and Jamie Donnelly and I are, are going to uh, 
to sit and Aww, sign nice. autographs in Liverpool, Aww, which is kind of cool. cool. Very cool. Yeah, I Aww. guess so, yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, do you remember any lines from the film, but you gave us one already. The only way I remember those lines is because fans quote them to me constantly. Otherwise, I would have forgotten all of them. But I do remember, in particular, Marty Maraschino, you know, like the cherry. <laughs> what do you think? You know, it is about that film that just stands the test of time. I think it's John. I really do. I think that he is literally electrifying mm -hmm. in that movie. It also speaks to a time where, while it's not innocent, I don't know if you have teenagers or not, but, you know, at a certain point they start understanding that there's sex in the movie and that, you know, what all the double entendres are. Yeah. But it speaks to a time that is both innocent and not innocent. And then there's the music, and the music is phenomenal, you know. But when John does that first turn, boy, that first shot of him when he turns to the camera, you just go, still, whoa. <laughs> Don't you think? Yeah, that's that's yeah. really what it is? Yeah. I mean, you're just in. Since this is Life Minute, what are some of your most important life tips or life lessons? Wow. Well, you know, <laughs> I wish I had known then when I was a young actress, to enjoy myself more. I look back now and I see Marty in the movie and I think, oh my God, I was adorable, you know? But at the time, I was so insecure and I thought I was too fat and I thought I was too much. And, you know, I didn't have any center in myself that felt, you know, like, wow, you know, this is a special time and I'm in a special place and, and I should just be having a good time rather than, you know, filled with, with uh, self-consciousness, you know? Yeah. So, you know, that's, I, I, I'm grateful now that I'm at a time when I, when I feel, you know, good, not about aging so much, but, but comfortable with where I am in life. What are some of your favorite ways to relax? I'm really good at relaxing, <laughs> I have to say. I'm kind of a hedonist deep down. I mean, that's, that's the truth. Um, I ride horses. I find horses really are my therapy. I feel grateful that I'm able to afford to ride twice a week. I walk in the forest. I live by a beautiful, beautiful forest. Um, I cook. Yeah. What are some of your favorite things to cook? I, I'm a good soup cooker. I make a good soup. Not so much a recipe follower, you know. I'm like, a little, think of this, a little of that, you know. Yeah, yeah. and I, I have a great husband, and I feel very fortunate that we're such good partners together, especially now because my children finally have, you know, after a, a COVID bonus year, they have now gone off to college. <laughs> and, and, you know, and we're, we're, uh, we're dating. It's really fun. Yeah, I literally finally have an empty nest. Although everyone says, no, not so fast. They may be nah, back. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I got plans for their rooms, so. Uh, <laughs> what kind of music do you like? Well, right now I'm listening to Brandy Carlisle nonstop. Hmm. I saw her on Saturday Night Live a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, where have I been? Hmm. Why have I not been listening to Brandy Carlisle for the last 10 years? <laughs> I mean, she's Along amazing. She's and happening. then David Byrne in American Utopia. I mean, if you have not gone, to, if you have not seen American Utopia, get your tickets, go now, because it is amazing. Amazing. 
Have you ever, have you ever met David Byrne? Uh, no, I wish I had, though. Uh, Is he coming up to the studio? <laughs> no plans. We did interview him once years ago on some red carpet thing, yeah. but... He's, yeah, he's extraordinary. We'll tell him that you like them, yeah. and we'll try to get make that happen. Yeah. And then you'll have to come back up yeah, here. Make that happen. He's here. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything that you think we missed that you want to tell us? Hmm. Anything we've missed, I want to tell you. Is so there anything you want to ask me that you feel like you shouldn't ask me? I was going to ask you about your son. I know you lost your son. Do you have any advice for people that are suffering or going through it? If you want to answer that. I would love to answer that, actually. Okay. Um, we lost our oldest son, Dashiell, coming up on five years now. And um, I will say that while there is no payoff ever for losing a child or for losing someone that you, you know, love with all your heart and soul, I will say that uh, it is absolutely survivable and that amazingly one does feel joy again and, and there, is, um, there is great comfort to be had in reaching out for help and not trying to uh, tough it out. Um, you know, in the old days, women wore black for a year when they mourned or grieved. And, and in our society, there is such a pressure to get over it quickly. And um, what I've found is that one never gets over it, but one learns to live with it and live with good things that are happening too. It's like, it's like carrying rock in the pocket of your mm -hmm. coat, but you still get to go out to the theater. Very nice. Hmm. Want to, can you think of anything else you want to tell no, us? No. Okay, where can we get that book? <laughs> oh, yes, I do want to tell you that. You can get the real true Hollywood story of Jackie Gold at Amazon, of course, or bookshop.org, or on my website, dynamanoff.org, um, or you can ask for it at your local bookstore, and they will order it for you and get it in. And I promise this is a fun read. It is a really, really fun read. That's what I have to say. Yay. Awesome. Yay. Amazing. Oh, you that was amazing. So oh my God. Oh, Ditto. You're good. Thank you're you. good. Thank you're you so, so good. Right. And thank you for asking me at the end because I did want to ask you that. Yeah. And it was beautiful. It was Scott's the, been through it. Was it was not the question he, I thought you were going to ask. It wasn't. Me. What was no, it? I don't know. I just thought maybe you would. Is there one I'm missing? No. Like, who, I don't know. who would you no, sleep no, with? I don't know. Who are no, the ones you Stuff like that. You want me to ask? No, 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 no. Because that I wouldn't answer. To see more of this interview, visit our website, lifeminute.tv. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast, Life Minute TV.